Cameron also. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible with me to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Tonight is a tonight is a page-turning night, okay? Psalm 18. We're going to look at a few verses together. Tonight we have a theme that we're looking at. And that theme is give thanks. Give thanks. I'll talk just a little bit about this. What I'd like to do is help you to uh, benefit from the order of our holiday season here in the United States of America. Uh, I think I mentioned recently that... uh, We spend a great deal of time and effort and energy as Americans on the um, observance known as Halloween. And then uh, almost immediately, in fact, often right after that, we start putting out um, displays in stores for buying things for Christmas. But Thanksgiving um, has largely been lost. And I believe the reason that that's true is because we have really forgotten what it means to be thankful, what it means to give thanks. But what I'd like us to enter into together tonight is that we would, instead of Thanksgiving being behind us, that we would look at Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving, as the precursor to focusing what we are truly most thankful about, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. So in other words... Instead of going from Thanksgiving to Christmas, go from Thanksgiving to a focused Thanksgiving where we focus on the birth of our Savior and we realize the greatness of God's gift to us and that it would really work in our hearts to such a degree that our lives would be full of giving thanks. Now, in both the uh, Hebrew and the Greek, the words behind give thanks are a single word. And they both have basically the same meaning. The idea of literally to confess, it's a verb, to confess as worthy, to give praise, to confess as worthy, to give praise. In Psalm 18, verse 49, we can read it together, Psalm 18 and verse 49, it says, Therefore, now this is verse 49, right? So there are 48 verses before this, before the therefore. But I don't have time to teach. The idea this evening is the theme of give thanks. So I'm just going to look at verses that actually contain give thanks in it. And again, in each case, it's the same Hebrew word, and it has the idea of to confess as worthy to praise. Therefore, will I, and just say this, think about this. Therefore will I confess as worthy unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. So this is the idea. There's a song. We sing a song. It's, I think it's in our hymnal, right? 343. Take, take your hymnal. Open to 343. This will help you a little bit, I think. Hymn 343. I've got to confess that I don't know that I ever noticed, I never tied these things together until this week as I was looking at this and I realized, oh, that really makes that song make much more sense to me now. The song's called Thank You, Lord. And it says, some thank the Lord for friends and home, for mercies, sure and sweet, but I would praise him 
for his grace. In prayer, I would repeat, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. So when we think of giving thanks, we often think of things to be thankful for. Things, if you understand what I'm saying. And really, I believe what God would have us to do is to really be thankful to him for him. To him for him. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be thankful for things. We should be thankful for the things that God has given us. But I really believe that the idea here is this. Therefore, will I confess as worthy unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. Now, what I want to do just right now, if you want to write two notes, if you're just going to write two notes, uh, well, we're going to write two notes, this one and the one at the end. The first thing I want you to notice is the first and last mention. This is the first mention of give thanks in Psalms. Well, this is not an exhaustive look tonight. We don't have time to do an exhaustive look. If we just looked at all of the times it says, give thanks in the Lord for his mercy endureth forever, we'd spend you know, most of the evening just looking at those verses. And that's obviously something to be confessing him as worthy of because his mercy endureth forever. But what I want you to notice is Psalm uh, 18, verse 49 says, it begins with giving thanks among the heathen. And then in Psalm 140, verse 13, you write this down. We're going to get to it at the end of this, uh, near the end of this. But I want you to see at the beginning. I want you to see the terminal points. So the last time we see give thanks in Psalm is Psalm 140, verse 13. And it says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. So we praise God as worthy now in the presence of the heathen. In other words, we praise God as worthy now here wherever we live around all of those that we were around. We acknowledge him as worthy. We worship him. We adore him. We are thankful to him for who he is now in the presence of all. But ultimately, the upright shall dwell in his presence and continually give thanks unto his name. Isn't that wonderful? Honestly, I mean, really, that's enough. If I just sent you home with that and said, you know, um, does anybody know what Strong's Concordance is? Anybody know what Strong's Concordance is? Man, I was so excited when Bob, uh, when, uh, Bob Bornforth gave me a Strong's Concordance. He said, because uh, I, was, I was a baby Christian. This was back before uh, there were smartphones and computers programs that you could actually spend time just searching for words and stuff like that. And I would, what happened is I was reading my Bible all the time. And so I would know that there were passages that said certain things, but I had no idea where they were. After, you know, I'd be reading and be like, oh, I'm thinking it's somewhere you know, here in these 150 pages. Somewhere in here is the, what I'm looking for. So, but when I found out that you could open a Strong's Concordance and look up the word and find the passage, well, it was such a tremendous blessing. But here's what happened to me. You start looking up a word, and then you start looking up another word. And the next thing you know, I mean, I don't know, but in my life, these rabbit trails would just grow and grow and grow. And I'd have no idea why I started the study that I was studying, but I was suddenly completely engrossed in looking up at the meaning of these words and all of these other passages that contained the same Greek or Hebrew word and how rich and full the word of God was. It, was like, it literally was like finding the mother load in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a mine, and no matter which way I went, the vein went this way and the vein went this way. Such tremendous truth. And so what I, the reason I say this now is, if I just said that the idea of give thanks is to confess as worthy, that it begins with us giving thanks now in the presence of everybody that we're around all of the time, and it ends with the upright shall dwell in his presence, and that we shall give thanks to him forever, forever, forever. And I just said, now go home. And get out either a Strong's Concordance or a Young's Concordance, or you open a Bible program 
and look up the phrase, give thanks. Or you can look up, if you want to look up the Hebrew word or the Greek word, look up the word behind it and just say, I want to search on the key number. I want to see all of the occurrences of this. And what you will find is you would spend the rest of tonight giving him praise for his worthiness about this and this and this and this. But we're going to spend a couple of minutes, just a couple of minutes together right now, looking at either where, how, why, or what for we give praise to God, why we give thanks unto God. Now turn to Psalm 30, verse 4. Psalm 30, verse 4. Take, bring your uh, highlighter or pen, pencil with you so you can underline. So you can see these things. I have a tremendous advantage of, of, of realizing as a baby Christian that I wanted to mark in my own Bible. Uh, I wanted to mark in my own Bible so that I would see um, uh, things that were important to me that really stood out to me so that I could come back and find them again quickly and, I would, and help me to be able to tie things together. Psalm 30, verse 4. It says, Sing unto the Lord. You'll notice, by the way, that singing is in both of these first two giving of thanks. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. At the remembrance of his holiness. Now, I want you to think about this. I want, to think, I want you to think about what do you give thanks to God for? And then what does the Bible tell us to thank God for? The first thing God wants us to do is he wants us to give him thanks in the midst of the heathen, right? So, so here's the thing. Tomorrow, wherever you are tomorrow, acknowledge how worthy Jesus is in the midst of wherever you are. That's a hard thing for us because most of the world around us does not. Now, they're okay with the phrase, with the phrase I'm thankful. They're okay with that. But if you want, if you want to specifically say, I thank the Lord Jesus for his worthiness concerning blah, blah, blah. Well, now you sound like a religious nut. Do you understand? But you can say that. No matter where you work, no matter what environment you are, you can personally be thankful out loud for the Lord Jesus himself. You can be. You're allowed to be thankful. You can't tell them that they need to be thankful, nor should you tell them that they need to be thankful. But you can tell them that you are thankful. You can, you can praise him in the midst of the people. But notice what it says. And again, this is the next one. Give thanks at the remembrance of of his holiness. That seems like such an, I mean, we're going to talk about his mercy, we're going to talk about his grace, we're going to talk about so many things. Doesn't it seem interesting that God would say, I want you to thank me for my holiness? Because here's the wonderful truth. You're not going into heaven through the back door. Nobody gets snuck into heaven. God will be holy, burning hot holy when all of us enter into heaven. He will not have diminished his holiness one small amount, and we will be made ready to be in the presence of that holy God. Amen? Through the blood of his Son, through the blood of our Savior, we have been given a righteousness that will allow us into the presence of a holy, holy, holy God. And God wants us, every time you think of God's holiness, not to tremble. Now, if you're unsaved, you must tremble at the holiness of God. But once you're born again, you can give thanks every time you remember that our God is holy. Amen? Just a few verses later in verse 12. Now, the, now excuse me, to the end, that my glory may sing praise to thee 
and not be silent. Isn't that remarkable? That your glory would sing praise to God. That all about you, that there's any worth in you, if there's any good in you, if there's any greatness at all in anything that you've ever done, that all of that glory would sing praise to God. That our, in other words, the best that we are would bow before God and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee, what? Forever. Forever. Psalm 75. Psalm 75. I need you to, you don't have to turn quickly. It'll just lengthen how long we stay. Psalm 75. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, wait for you to find it. Psalm 75, 1. I want you to be able to highlight these things. Psalm 75, 1. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. So here we are declaring the works of God. We are remembering his holiness, and we are declaring his wondrous works. Um, Kenny, Kenny and I were talking for a little bit after the... By the way, let me just say this. Uh, I, I want to say this because it, this morning I, I confessed that uh, I had preferred, I would have preferred to preach a Thanksgiving message uh, this morning instead of the passage in Second Peter that we were coming to, which was dealing with some of the warnings about beware how you grow. And I said, I don't know why, but the Lord said, no, preach this this morning as you would, as you were going in the, in the order. And I said, I don't know why. So there's some reason. I do know why tonight. In fact, I knew before I left the church this morning why it was the Lord had us to do the, the things in the order in which we did it. Um, but this morning, after the morning service, and this is not the same thing, but Brother Kenny and I were talking about, uh, about uh, the, the wondrous nature of the things, the works of God. How remarkable it is, all of the things that he does, how, how his warnings are for our good, how everything that God is doing in our life, all of the time is for our good. Um, I, I wish that the children of God could understand that Romans 8.28 is not a byword. It's not a reflexive uh, thing. In other words... We treat Romans 8.28 as if when something terrible goes wrong, now we're going to ask God to correct it, and the correcting of it is going to be good. The bringing of it is good. Do you understand? And I know, I know there are many things that we do not want God to bring into our lives. Many, many, many things. And yet God says all things work together. All things. And he says, is there evil in the city and the Lord hath not done it? In other words, God owns up. And all the difficulties, what we would call difficulties of our life, God owns them. God says, I sent them. They have purpose, and they are good, and they will accomplish my good. God wants us to give thanks to him forever. God wants us to declare his wondrous works. Whatever's going on in your life, you can, one, give him worthy praise as a result of it. You can give him thanks. Two, you can out loud acknowledge the goodness of God in it, even before you know what it's about. Psalm 92, turn to Psalm 92, verse 1. Psalm 92, verse 1. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises 
unto thy name, O Most High. It is a good thing. Underline that. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Almost sounds self-explanatory, but it helps me that my Bible tells me this is the case. It's a good thing. It is God is pleased when you and I thank him and give him the praise that he deserves for the things that he's doing in our lives. It is good that we should sing praises unto his name. Psalm 105. Turn to Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Very similar to Psalm 75, and we'll see in just a moment how. Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. On Wednesday night, we have answered prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. And I would just be full of joy if every, if every Wednesday night there was so much genuine giving of thanks, so much genuine praise to God that it just took all of our time and all of our time and all of our time. Because I because it says it's a good thing that we do this. And it says to make known his deeds among the people. God rejoices in us doing it. And he wants us to do it in front of each other. The idea of testimony. The idea of testifying is a good thing. And it's wonderful to share together the goodness of God. It encourages me. I really can't tell you how much it encourages me. Not, listen, not that God is doing wonderful things in your life. I know he's doing wonderful things in your life because he's a wonderful God. It, it encourages me to hear you recognize it. It encourages all of us to hear the good things that God are, is doing in other people's lives, but it encourages all of us that, that the people around us that on their tongue is not complaining, is not whining, is not fussing, is not fault-finding, but is giving thanks to God for his worthiness. God help us to be such a people, not in a plastic way, not in a pretending way. In other words, Wednesday night should not be unique in your life, in your giving thanks, in your making known his deeds among the people. It should just be an opportunity. Oh, I've been really waiting to be with my brothers and sisters to thank God for this that God is doing in my life. Psalm 106, the very next one. Psalm 106, verse 1. This is, this is the only reference I'm going to make to this. As I said before, this one truth, we could spend the rest of the night, honestly, a, a whole service period, looking at this truth. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. You know, uh, Brother John was saying, uh, tomorrow morning, more grace will be needed. When you wake up tomorrow morning, more grace will be needed. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, more grace will be provided. Amen? I don't remember, my wife put this on the refrigerator, I believe. I don't remember where it came from. I want to say it may have come from a book by Elizabeth Elliot, I'm not sure. But it says, great grace is needed and great grace is provided. Great grace is needed in our lives. His mercy endureth forever. Oh, how important that is to all of us, that his mercy endureth forever. Listen. None of us have arrived at the point where God owes us anything. None of us are earning anything in our lives today. So everything we receive is because of grace and mercy. Everything in our lives is because of God's great grace, because of his goodness, right? It says, he is good and his mercy endureth forever. For God is good, 
and his mercy endureth forever. Now in the same Psalm, verse 47, listen to this. Psalm 47, 106, 47. Save us. Highlight that. Save us. O Lord our God. And gather us. Highlight that. Save us, gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Save us, gather us to triumph in thy praise. What a tremendous truth. God has saved us. God has gathered us so that we can give him thanks and that we together can triumph while giving him praise all the way. Amen? That's just wonderful. It really is. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And verse 62. Psalm 119, verse 62. (laughs) I highlighted the beginning of this verse. At midnight... I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, when we read the word midnight, we think about 12, right? 12 o'clock. And it says, at midnight I will rise. And some of you might think, I haven't gone to bed yet, right? I don't have to rise at midnight. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean uh, midnight, 12 o'clock. It means in the middle of the night. So your midnight might be 3, 4 in the morning, if you understand. But the idea is this. In the middle of the night, when I wake up, and this is a strange thing to me. I never thought. This word, I will rise, means I will rise. So here's the idea. When I wake up in the middle of the night, think about this. I have, to my knowledge, I have gotten out of bed many, many times to pray. Yes? Probably many of you have. I have spent much more time in my bed praying. Sometimes praying that I'd go back to sleep, right? Now, I have spent much time in prayer, but I haven't, I, I do not believe that I have ever woken up in the middle of the night, got out of bed, and thanked God. By the way, for his righteous judgments. So the next time you wake up in the middle of the night, consider Psalm 119, verse 62. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. We have so much to be thankful for because of the righteous judgments of God. And we should be willing to just get up in the middle of the night and give him thanks for all that he's done in our lives. Psalm 140. Psalm 140. This is the one that we looked at at the beginning. This is the last one in, in the psalm. Psalm 140 and verse 13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. So again, this began, this time that we, speak, that we spent tonight, the, the giving of thanks, the, the ascribing of worth begins with us doing this in the midst of all of the earth around us, and it ends with us doing it in his presence forever. What a tremendous truth this is. May this really be a blessing to you. May, you may, may, may our Christmas this year, each and every one of us, our Christmas this year be a focused giving of thanks. In other words, instead of what I, what I want, what I want to do, where I want to go, what I want to receive, may our lives instead be full of worshiping the God who came to save us. May that really be the focus of our lives. Now, I want to look at two passages in the New Testament. This was life-changing to me. I really cannot tell you where I heard this. I really cannot tell you when I heard this. But I can tell you that I heard this and that it changed my life. And that's to do with giving of thanks 
Again, in the New Testament, the, uh, the, it's, a, it's, it's one Greek word. Uh, give thanks is one Greek word. And there are two passages. And here's, this is what it was said. When? When was the idea? When should we give thanks? And the answer was always. In everything. And for everything. And the person that said this said, now probably you're thinking, well, that's not even biblical to thank God always. Surely I, shouldn't, I don't have to always be thankful. Surely I don't have to be thankful for everything. And definitely I don't have to be thankful in the midst of everything. But you do. And you should. Let's look at it. Let's go, to, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Same word, by the way, in both cases. This is going to be the same. Give thanks, the same Greek word, okay? Both this passage and the other passage we're going to look at. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Notice what the first three words are. In everything, give thanks. Now, notice how the, listen how, look what it says after this. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. It's pretty simple, isn't it? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So what is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you? And that is this, that in everything, in it, in it, while it's going on, that I would give thanks to God. That's incredible to me. And it should be life-changing. It was life-changing to me. It was life-changing in this way, though, I've got to be honest with you. It was life-changing in that it was a rebuke to me. Okay, Because here's what this, is, this was my prayer life for much of my young Christian life. Lord, get me out of this. Lord, get me out of this. Either I got me into this or my brother or sister got me into this or something got me into this, but Lord, you get me out of this. And what God caused me to understand is I brought this into your life. Now, in some cases, I brought it into my life, but God allowed me to bring it into my life so that he could conquer something in my life, so that he could show his greatness. I was uh, thinking, you know, Brother John is uh, in Mark right now. We were in, at the end of chapter 4, and then we were in chapter 5. The end of chapter 4 is Jesus calming the great storm on the outside, right? They're, they're on the storm. They can't get across the storm. Jesus comes to them. They're on a storm, and he's sleeping on a pillow, right? And, 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 the, and the stupidest question, they say there's no such thing as a stupid question. This is a stupid question. Lord, carest thou not that we perish, right? And the answer is, yes, I care quite a bit that you not perish. In fact, I came that you not perish, right? You cannot die in this boat. You cannot die in this boat because I came to save you, amen? And something John said this last week, and I had never considered this. All of us have been in a, in a, in a boat in, in heavy seas or, or, or sharp water, if you will. This, well, this was actually heavy seas. And the center of the boat is the least moving part of the boat. But it says that he was asleep on the back of the boat. So where he was sleeping, he was actually going up and down and up and down and up and down, and he was a sound asleep in the middle of that. Isn't that amazing? One, it demonstrates that he was tired. Two, it demonstrates his ability to sleep under the most difficult of circumstances. While the, water, the boat was filling with water, the boat was filling with water, and Jesus was asleep in the midst of it. And when he woke up, he simply said, peace, be still. And it was over, just like that. But when you get to the other side, and he meets a man filled with a legion of demons. He says to that young man, peace, 
be still. You guys leave him and leave him alone. Amen? In everything, give thanks. When the water's coming in, when the storm is actually raging inside, you can give thanks before the answer. You can give thanks. Not only can you, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And the last one I want to look at together is in Ephesians chapter 5. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This is going to deal um, with the Spirit of God in us and the change that is in our lives because of the uh, Spirit of God being in us. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 18. And be not drunk with wine. Now, I want to talk about, I, I, all of us, I, I, need, to, I need to set this, this context for you. I need you to see this. I, I really hope that there be some here tonight, some of you young people perhaps, that have never seen someone who was drunk. But I have. And I can tell you the difference between someone who's had a drink, someone who's had a few too many drinks, and someone who's drunk. You can see it in their face. You can hear it in their speech. You can see it in their steps or lack of ability to make those steps. It's why when police officers used to pull people over and they do a sobriety test, they would just simply make them stand on the line and just walk down that line. And if you're, been, if you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs, you cannot walk a straight line. It actually affects your ability to walk. It affects your ability to talk. And it's very evident. So that's the context. And I want you to understand, this is why it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But instead of that, be filled with the Spirit. God wants the Holy Spirit to, to so change you that it's visible, marked visible, to the people around you. In other words, in the same way that we can identify someone who's had too much to drink, God wants us to be able to be identified by the Spirit having that kind of control in our bodies, in our actual lives as we walk day to day. So be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves. Now, by the way, notice how much Thanksgiving is accompanied with music. Amen? So much of the giving of thanks is accompanied with actual singing and praising and worship. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Notice this in verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things. We already saw in everything give thanks. Now in this passage you see always for all things to give thanks also. So in everything and for all things. Always, right? Because that's what it says. Giving thanks always for all things. So in these two passages we see in everything we see always and we see for all things that God wants us to give thanks. Now look up here because this is where we're going to end. But what you'll notice is the context of Ephesians chapter 5 helps us to understand the difference between doing this religiously and doing this devotionally. Because when you're doing this devotionally, it's because you're spirit-filled. Because you're walking after the spirit 
and not after the flesh. I do not believe that it's possible to walk after the Spirit and be griping at the same time. So when you're complaining, and you know, you know you're complaining before you say anything out loud, right? Yes? I know, I know I'm complaining before I complain. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I have a, I, in fact, it has become very convicting to me before I even say something in a complaining way to realize, hmm, I am walking after my flesh because the Holy Spirit is not annoyed about this like I am annoyed about this. Do you understand? When I am annoyed and I still get annoyed, I would to God that I never got annoyed. And again, the difference, the, I guess the biggest difference in my life is the fact that I no longer blame the people who annoy me for me being annoyed. Do you understand what I'm saying? I used to just blame the people. That, in other words, I wouldn't be annoyed if you weren't annoying. So it's not my fault that I'm annoyed. It's your fault that I'm annoyed. Stop being annoying. But you being, listen, you being annoyed is because you're not spirit-filled. If we were spirit let me say this. Jesus is not annoyed. The Holy Spirit is not annoyed. We are. And we don't have to be. You can replace your natural annoyance with a heart full of giving thanks. And this is the key. He's worthy. It's just that simple. He's worthy. This is difficult. He's still worthy. This is annoying, if you understand what I'm saying. No, no, he's worthy. And I need to get over it. I need to get over myself. I need to get over all of this. And I need to acknowledge how wonderful he is. I need to be filled with the Spirit so that my mouth can be filled, with, listen, not with plastic praise, not with phony in front of you guys saying the right thing praise, but in every moment of my life being grateful and thankful for how wonderful and good he is. Amen? Yes? So here's the, I leave this with you this evening. May God focus your thanksgiving in on the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I truly enjoyed the time that I just spent with my extended family uh, down in North Carolina. We had, a, we had a really blessed and enjoyable time together, and I am truly thankful for every bit of it. And I look forward to continuing that. We have a great deal on our calendar coming up. Well, Jesus is worthy of all of the events on our calendar, but let's pray together that as we enter into these events on our calendar that they have tremendous purpose for people in our lives. In other words, every event won't affect everyone the same way, but I believe that every event will affect many in the way that God wants them to be affected, and it can have tremendous benefit. So let us pray that that would be the case, and let us be so filled with the Spirit that, that people would see the difference in our lives through lips of thanksgiving and hearts of praise together. Amen? Father, thank you for giving us these couple of minutes in your word Lord, we looked at so few passages that, compared to how many we could have looked at concerning thanks. And Lord, we have every reason, we have every reason to just be grateful, to just give you thanks, to ascribe worthiness to you. Lord, would you bless our hearts that we might live this way, that as we talk with each other, Lord, please, 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 Rescue us from a complaining spirit. Rescue us, from a, rescue us from our selfish spirit. Lord, please instead replace it with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, may the only weeping we do be for those that we love that are lost. And Lord, may there be much of that, but Lord, not in a selfish way. Help us, Father, that we would care, care, care like you do 
but that we would give you praise and that we would give you worship all the days of our life while we're here. We look forward. I thank you for the, the last one. I thank you for the last one in the book of Psalms saying that, that the upright, those that are new creatures, those that are bought by the blood, that we shall do this forever in your presence. We are so thankful, Father, that this is the case. But Lord, now, now, as we saw in the first one, now, no matter where we are, may we have a life full of giving thanks to you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.